The Bruins continue on their record pace. That will be the focus of the press pass today as the Bruins also made an additional trade deadline acquisition. This is the press pass. I am Chris Ryan. The Bruins have won nine straight games after their 7-1 to triumph over the Buffalo Sabres on Thursday night. Buffalo vying for that final playoff spot. The Bruins looked like the more desperate team in that game. Score a little bit misleading as five goals were actually scored in the final five minutes. Two were empty netters by the Boston Bruins, and they added two at even strength as well. So Bruins are on an incredible pace, a pace which would give them the most points in NHL history, surpassing the 1976-77 Montreal Canadiens, who we're going to have a special guest join us on the show from that team. But the Bruins, 48-8-5 going to today's game against the Rangers. 101 points, fastest 100 points in NHL history. Winners, they mentioned, of nine straight and put a 7-1 victory on the board in playing their fifth game in eight games. A big key for them on the road trip and as well on Thursday night were the additions of Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway. Hathaway hailing from Kenny Bunkport, Maine. Orlov scoring three goals in his four games with the Bruins, three goals in his last two games overall. This after scoring only three goals the entire season in 43 contests as a defenseman for the Washington Capitals, where he won a Stanley Cup. I talked with Dmitry Orlov after the Bruins' victory over the Sabres. Dimitri, first game in a Bruins uniform here at home. What what did that mean to you, and uh, how has it been so far being a Bruin? Uh, it's uh, mean a lot, obviously. You know, it's been a long week, a lot of emotions, and uh, you know, it's first time in career I've dealt to offer a different team. You know, and obviously, thanks to Wash general manager trade me to Boston. You know, it's a great team and. Uh, you know, it's why they're in the first place right now. So it's I'm happy to be here, and I just try to do my best every game when I have a chance to play. Like it's my last game, and bring everything and uh, enjoy. You know, it's uh, you know great inside team. You know, you can see how they close in the locker room and uh, in the life. You know, outside of the ring. So it's uh, special to be here, and uh, you know we're playing good hockey right now. You know, and. Especially today, maybe Calgary wasn't great, but still we find a way to win, and it's important, and uh, it's what uh, good teams do. Why do you think you fit in so well? Obviously, your performance goal-wise is off the charts. I know. <laughs> I know answer, you know. It's just probably, you know, it's a good team, and, uh, you know, they always try to find a place, you know, try to play for each other and try to create, you know, and it's important, you know, in uh, this league, if you have a lot of skill, you have to make plays and sometimes work, sometimes just read the play and they done a great job. It's always when I play with Caps against Boston, you know, it's a tough team to play and I'm happy to be here. Here's Kenny Bunkport native Garnet Hathaway. As a kid, um, you know, walking through, even I walked in the entrance with the tears and it's a little different when I was a kid, um, but but it's the same. It's the same TD and um, it's the same garden. So it was really special. I have some family here, so it's it's one I won't forget. What's been the reaction, folks, back in Maine that you're you know playing here with the Bruins? And has it been you know more interest in your career now from folks at home now that you're playing for a team that's obviously doing what this team's doing? Uh, it's you know my career started in Calgary, and then that's pretty far away from home. Um, and then they moved back to the East Coast with Washington. It. Obviously, it's a little more traction. You get a little more news coverage on the East Coast, and and now it's 
as close as I can get. So I've gotten a lot of support from everyone so far. And yeah, I mean, it's it's a special team. Um, and it's a team like I continue to say we're we're trying to get better. Um, and at first, when I got here, you th- would have thought that was impossible. And the mindset here is that every day, keep pushing it. Um, in between periods, it's trying to find ways to improve the game and, and push each other around. You still have roots in Kenny Bunkboard? Are you? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just go there in the summer, or what's your? Yeah, your... a little bit. I've been down to Wash uh, through the pandemic and then having a, two kids of my own, so it's we've stuck around a little bit down there. But yeah, we we always make it up. Prior to the nine-game winning streak, they, obviously the Bruins played Washington, and everyone talked about the need for this team to become more desperate and won nine games since. How much of your role is to make sure that this team kind of stays desperate and isn't on the forecheck, making you know plays when, when they need to be made? I think the biggest thing that I'm I'm trying to focus on is things that I can control um, and and realizing why they they went out and got me, um, why they traded for me, and it's not changing my game. It's not to come in here and become a skilled guy and change the, change the system, do something different. It's, it's to get in on the forecheck, um, tire teams down, push, you know, make defensemen force them into plays. And, um, and yeah, if that bring that competitiveness and that, that hopefully will, you know, it's, it's more complimenting guys. Um, and just keeping guys trying to get in the same mindset and, and just joining in on what they're already doing. What are some of the things you've learned about this group being here that, you know, maybe you didn't, you know, think when you were washed and whether it's, you know, Marshy or Marshy's around the room or things that you, you know, didn't know coming in? There's probably a lot. It's been, uh, I've been hit with a few over the last week or so. Um, you know, I think the first thing that steps out is just systematic um, and, and picking up things and finding out why this team has been so successful. It's guys who are bought in and playing to the system that helps them play quickly and, it's, it's, you know, I've been on the other side. It's really tough to play against. And then realizing that inside the room there, they're trying to get better on top of that. Um, that's a recipe for success. Of course, talking about coming to Boston, growing up as a kid, and now playing in a Bruins jersey. Here's Trent Frederick and what's been going right for the Bruins in this nine-game winning streak. Since the Washington game, it feels like you guys have returned to your brand of hockey. What you notice about what's changed in terms of the overall team's approach? Uh, I think we're just smart with the puck. Our D have been playing awesome, and sorry about that. And uh, like you know, we're just getting pucks low and playing behind the net, and I think that's what's going to help us. How have you expanded as a goal scorer? I mean, see, obviously, two different types of goals from you here today. Thirteen on the season. In what ways do you think you've gotten better in that area? Uh, I think a lot of his confidence. Like on that one, I just you know, the tip is the tip, and that can happen anytime. And the other one, just shooting it instead of maybe looking to pass. And uh, Grizzly did a good job of driving, kind of bringing. Uh, that uh, right D off, and I just got a good shot off. First period to you here, and obviously against Nashville, Monty talked about desperation. Is that what we're seeing in the first periods now from this group, establishing yourselves? Yeah, I think we were in a little bit of funk there, um, you know, before break and a little bit after break. So uh, getting those good start or um, yeah, good starts early is huge. So the Boston Bruins are trying to chase down history, and the 1976-77 Montreal. Canadians who have the most points in NHL history with 132. They did it in 80 games. And of course, nonetheless, the Bruins are right there. And we are excited to welcome into the show right now the greatest win- living winner in sports history, Yvonne Cornier, who wore the number 12 for the Montreal Canadiens, winning 10 Stanley Cups in the Hockey Hall of Fame. His number is retired. Yvonne, how do you feel about the Bruins' chances? Uh, I think they still have a long way to go. 
<laughs> they do. They still have a long way. To, they're on pace. But one thing that we should note yeah. is that you guys did it in 80 games and also without the current overtime format, which makes it easier to get points. So when you look at the Bruins chasing you guys down, what do they have to do in your view to be kind of the legitimate record holders? Well, I think, you know, we got the experience and we had a good team, but you got to respect the opposition. Uh, you know, if you don't respect the other team and you think uh, you're going to be better than them, sometimes it can it can do some trick to you. So uh, you, you got to be you got to be ready to no matter if you win and and you, the team's going very well. It's a long season and you never know what what can happen. Do you enjoy watching you know this Bruins team, particularly with Patrice Bergeron? Of course, is from your region, but grew up uh, as a uh, Nordiques fan. Uh, do you do you like watching this Bruins team and there's some similarities and dissimilarities between your group and them? Oh yeah, because uh, I remember I think I played my second or third games in Boston. Uh, I was 20 years old. And the competition between us, you know, it's, it's always good competition. Uh, that was tough, but uh, the respect for each other was something something very, very good. And uh, that's why the every time we play Boston, and uh, our fans knew exactly uh, all the names almost on the Boston team. Uh, so uh, the competition was, was great, was tough, but that, that was uh, each team respect each other. Yeah, and I think that um, that's kind of through the course of time. The Canadiens-Bruins rivalry is one of the best in sports. But unfortunate, though, the teams don't play each other all that much. Boston went up to Montreal a few weeks ago, and they're actually going to end the season in Montreal, which will be interesting considering you know the fact that they're chasing down that 76-77 team's record. But do you, do you like the new schedule, or do you think that there's not enough Bruins, there's not enough uh, Maple Leafs uh, for the Canadians? Well, I, I think I think the division is too bad, because uh, it's always a good team who, uh, who can lose on the first series. So I think they, they should have changed the playoff the way they, uh, it is right now. But uh, I think with so many teams and so many games, uh, you, you have a chance to play the, you know, the same team like three, four times. So it, it's very hard for the maybe the uh, spectator uh, when you got the rivalry like we have against uh, uh, Toronto or Boston or New York, and and uh, uh, you know the, the schedule is is very different now. So. The great number 12, Jan Cornier, joins us here on the Press Pass. And my 10-year-old son brought him up to Montreal for the first time last weekend to see uh, the Canadians play in the Bell Center because I think it's an experience that everybody should have. We're looking for you up there, but you're up in Quebec City. Uh, but glad you could join us here on the show. So um, in regard to you know where things are at for the Canadians at this point, I saw a video with you and Cole Caulfield, and you were t- telling him about you know the the impact that comes with being a Canadian and how known you are, you know, whether you're on vacation or throughout the uh, the region. I mean, what does it mean to you to be an ambassador for you know the organization and to to be that voice for uh, some of the the younger players uh, who are coming uh, up through the uh, the system? Well, I think uh, you know, like I said, to represent Montreal Canadian. It's, it's almost like if somebody represents Boston. I think uh, the Boston drone is very popular everywhere in the world. I'm sure of that. 
but uh, to Montreal Canadian, um, we we a team we were compared to the uh, Yankees of New York at one point. So it, it's really a good organization, first of all, and uh, the organization respect respect a lot the the other team and the other players uh, than we play against. So. Uh, but you know, uh, to be the captain of the Montreal Canadiens, it's an honor for everybody who is the captain right now because uh, you have Jean Beliveau, Maurice Richard, and, and you know uh, Henry Richard and, and uh, those guys who show you how to, how to win before and to be a good captain. So uh, I think uh, you know to work for Montreal for me is my the only team I play for. Uh, I was uh, the forum at 17 years old, and I retired at 35 at the same place. And after that, uh, I've been in, in ambassador for Montreal Canadiens. So for me, it's, it's almost like my family. That 1976-77 team, you were 33. Um, you were captain of that team. What can you tell us about you know that group specifically, and was that the best team that you played on, that 132-point team that swept the Bruins, albeit, in the uh, the Stanley Cup Finals? I think a lot of teams didn't want to play us in the playoff. I think uh, the playoff is a completely a different season. And uh, we, we, have, uh, we have guys in the playoffs, and you can play any way you want to play. If you want to play rough, we've got, a, we've got big guys. If you want to play hockey, we play hockey. And, and I always remember then the year, they asked me if I remember all the years, the 10 years I win the Stanley Cup. I said, I don't remember the 10 years I win the Stanley Cup, the year. But I remember the year we lost against Toronto. Yep. In 1967, we did respect them, and they beat us. So you have to be alert that no matter who you play in the playoffs, uh, they're going to give you a hard time. You'll hear from a lot of you know, great champions that they may not remember all the specific details or you know, the championship seasons, but they always remember the times they lost. And uh, Tommy <laughs> Heinsohn was like that. Um, you know, the guys from the Celtics team, in the, in the 08 season, remembered losing in 2010, and that was more of a vivid memory, losing in Game 7 than winning in Game 6 in 2008. Is that a commonality exactly. amongst winners? Is that you know the, lo- the losing eats at you to the point uh, where it makes you want to win more? You know, yeah, because when you win, you want to win. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's a feeling then this is why you play for. You, you play for to win the Stanley Cup, and you, win, you play for, uh, for to win the series, uh, the, the baseball series. I mean, that's why you play for. And, and everybody, when you win, it, it's, the season is so nice in the summer and it's so nice wherever where you go. Uh, you're number one in the league, and, and everybody respects that. And, uh, and, you know, uh, to, win, to win the Stanley Cup for us was... Uh, was unbelievable, and, and I said, more you win, more you want to win. Uh, when I was the captain of the Montreal Canadiens, every time we lost, I was really, really mad, and I was really, I did accept it, no matter if it's just a game. So, you know, it, it's the mentality we had, and uh, more you win, more you want to win. The great Jan Cornier joins us here on the Press Pass, uh, number 12, retired from the Montreal Canadiens, obviously Hockey Hall of Famer, 10-time Stanley Cup champion. And with the 
passing of Bill Russell and Sam Jones, who won 11 championships, you have the most uh, championships of any living individual. Tom Brady's creeping up on you a little bit, but uh, it looks like he's going to stay retired <laughs> with his seven Super Bowl championships. Um, so do you think we're going to see, and of course we have seen it with Brady, but do you think we're going to see the type of caliber of you know winning that we that you were able to accomplish moving forward are we going to see those numbers because it feels like in hockey though there's a different champion each year um basketball is kind of in the same boat uh do you think we're not going to see the type of winning that you and yogi Berra and bill russell and were able to accomplish oh I, i don't think so i think some record like uh he might beat the the grisky record Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I, I don't think winning is a team winning. When you win the Stanley Cup or you win the World Series or you win the Super Bowl, it's all the team together who win. It's not one guy only. So I think it's going to be very hard because more. I think football is going to have more teams uh, add to them, and and hockey is the same thing with uh, what right now with 32 teams. It's going to be harder harder for a team. To win the Stanley Cup and uh, to win even the Super Bowl or uh, or the baseball in the, the World Series, so uh, it, it's a team effort, and uh, you're going to need a lot of uh, good guys, and and especially now with the hockey and the salary cap, right? Uh, you cannot keep the same team for a long time, so. Uh, I think it's going to be very, very difficult to to beat that. Yeah, it seems like sports have moved towards parity where they don't want to have you know championship teams like the Canadians or the Yankees, the Cowboys, the Patriots yeah, winning right. year in year out. You'll get the 2018 Red Sox. That's a team that could have been set up to win for a long period of time, but with the yeah. young base of that team uh, making not that much money early on, the salaries grow and it makes it really difficult for a team to stay together particularly if there's a, a salary cap. When you look around the NHL today, do you look at any players and say, that guy right there reminds me of Jan Cornier? Oh, well, I think uh, <laughs> it, it's pretty hard to uh, to look, but I like Kofield. Uh He's got a good shot and is a good fast skater. And, um, and you have Gallagher, who, uh, who are a hard worker and goes in front of the net and he goes maybe too much in front of the net. He's getting hurt quite a bit lately. So, but uh, those two guys, you know, they're not very tall, but uh, they have they have a, a lot of talents, and it's nice to see them. Every game they give their hundred percent, and it's nice to uh, to uh, you know to to look at them. And and I got I got a good the connection with uh, Cofield, so it's funny. He's a very nice guy too. From the '60s and '70s, you know, what players stood out to you the most that gave you, you know, the biggest fits that were that made it really difficult for you to find, uh, you know, open ice that made it really difficult on you to to get shots off or passes. Uh, what who who was the most challenging for you? Oh well, you know, it, it, it's pretty hard to know because you know each game is different and each uh, guys are different. Uh, but you get yours, uh, you know, the best defense sometimes, and uh, especially today, then the defense are almost faster than the forward. Mm-hmm. And when I was playing, I think the forward was faster than the defense. So, but uh, you, you never know, you know. Uh, for me, I just play my game the way I could, and uh, like uh, if you go like again the Bobby Orr or uh, the best defenseman, I think you you have a more problem, but. Uh, I didn't really think about that. 
Do you believe that Bobby Orr was the, the best player to ever play? We hear it a lot around here. You saw him a lot. Do you believe that he's the best ever? Well, I don't. It's hard to know, but I, I think he's, he's one of the maybe like maybe two or three uh, best maybe ever. Uh, he was he was very he was there every game and and what he did. Uh, it's too bad uh, he had the the injury uh, because he would be uh, even better for a long time. So, but uh, you know when when you play against guys like that. Uh, you you cannot think about that because uh, you, you're going to be embarrassed right. so sometime. So uh, you, you do your best, and uh, I think you try to give him a hard time. Final thing, uh, you mentioned Jean Beliveau and also Rocket Richard earlier, and I had you know the pleasure of interviewing uh, Jean Beliveau on several occasions. And not only was he obviously a great player, but the way he carried himself as an individual and a gentleman um, stands out first and foremost. How important were those figures, you know, the the Bellavos, um, the Bobby Ors, the uh, the Rocket Richards, in terms of creating an identity of the league, because it's a it is a Canadian type of league. The way the players interact with the media, interact with fans, there's a certain uh, decorum about hockey players. How much of that, you know, falls on you know the lap of the way you know, a Bellavo who carried himself and other uh, individuals of your era and prior to it. Oh well, you know uh, those days, uh, like uh, Jean Beliveau and Richard. You know, to be a captain those days was something, something incredible because uh, the team used to elect the captain himself. So we arrived for a practice in the morning, and they said the coach said, "Okay, uh, today we're going to vote who's going to be the captain," and um, that that changed quite a bit. And now it's the team, most of the team, they, they elect the captain. But, uh, you know, I had the chance to dress again uh, beside Jean Beliveau in the room. And uh, I room a lot with Jean. And uh, that's why uh, maybe uh, he showed me to be a good captain, like he always said before the season. He said, I'm your captain for the season, but I'm still your captain in the summer. If you have a problem or something happen, uh, just call me and uh, we're going we're gonna to look at it. So uh, I miss a lot Jean Beliveau because... Uh, I'm playing almost all my career with him, and uh, he used to call me uh, my son. So he have any? Uh, he only have a girl. So, okay, my son, now come on, uh, let's go to bed now. So he was like a father to me. And final thing on that, and that's an incredible story right there. I mean, what did that teach you about? You know, what did you learn from him about? leadership and leadership requires obviously a lot of different things and, and you to you know be able to do different things to communicate with folks in different ways and every person is is obviously a unique human being what did you learn about him about how you lead men well i i, I think you have, you have to know the guys especially those here we play like six seven years together maybe 10 years together but today uh, I think it's it's hard to do that because uh, you you can have a different game, uh, different team every year. Like you can have like a change of six, seven guys on the team, and to have new one. But the time I was playing, we were together for a long time, so we see the family growing up, and and we we played together like for ten years uh, and more sometime. So I, I think you have to know everybody, their character. And um, 
and, and he, because the captain is there sometimes because the player don't want to go see the coach or, or the, the trainer or somebody to talk to because it's more easy it's more easy for him to talk to you. You're the captain, and he knows what, what you look at and what, what you're thinking and what you're going to do. So a, a captain is not always good on the ice, but he's good to uh, out of the ice. Do you see Patrice Bergeron as kind of falling in you know, the line of great you know, French-Canadian captains? Well, I hope so, because uh, he's doing so good. And uh, you, can see, you can see he's got the class as a captain. He's, uh, he's there all the time for, for the team. And no matter, I, I heard this year that he was, uh, he get hurt a little bit and he was not supposed to play and he come back and play and uh, I think he scored a few goals. So that, that's why the captain show you uh, how to be in the room and how to be on the ice and, uh, and you know, be there for your players. Mr. Cornier, I appreciate your time and thank you so much for being with us here on the Press Pass. Thank you very much for call, and uh, good luck to you. That is the greatest living winner in North American sports, Yvonne Cornier, joining us here on the Press Pass.